When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Continues as we welcome you to Bar Down Breakdown episode 2600. I don't know. We have a lot of episodes. It's only 205, (laughs) but that's how professional we are. Oh, 205 live right now. That's what we are. We're not even going live. We're coming from, we're coming to you where the cruiser waits. I have one request. One request (laughs) before we start this. If, if this, episode or this series lasts for another 98 episodes i request 303 for episode 303 <laughs> that's dope all right i'm, I'm putting it out in the internet right now <laughs> and they just gotta drive their kia's fans. it's gotta drive their net 2007 <laughs> kia souls with the hamsters <laughs> to charlotte yeah, those hamsters were dope, though. If you remember them correctly, they were very stylish. They like oh, you know music. Who's more, you know who's more dope? Who? The Bronze Age. Who? Yo, Tom didn't even so know many, where that was going. There's so many <laughs> wrestling things happening. So, yo, we do have the Bronze Age with us. We got Mike and Jesse. What's going on, gentlemen? Thanks for uh, for jumping on the jumping on the bar down with us this is uh this is good times so um i'm just gonna start at the beginning because i always love to hear about you know the influences that led you guys to coming together as a collective so you know when the band started you know what what were your biggest influences when you guys started and like is that kind of how you guys came together or you know how did that work out there's a lot to to unpack in that. Um, <laughs> the the band itself has been around a, a really long time. Um, as far as like what five years yeah. as a whole. Yeah. Um, but like 
with Mike, it's been like two and a half years or so. Um, we kind of went from when I started the band, I was, I was doing, I was kind of into like, um, I don't know, like earlier kind of like slower, like emo tunes kind of. So you heard on tooth and nail. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of in that realm. Yeah. Very, um, like, what'd you say? As cities burn. Yeah. Yeah. Like as cities burn style type of shit. And, uh, I guess after, after some member changes and stuff like that, we kind of landed, um, I'm, I'm a huge, like influenced by, uh, Alexis on fire. It's huge for me. Um, and then I go to like the other, the other end of it and like food fighters is huge for me. So those two kind of, kind of fell inside each other and, and me and Mike kind of love the same shit. Yeah. It definitely went more from like an emo band into like a rock band. It was just like a straight up and down, like rock and roll, like beer drinkers and hail razor rock. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It it was funny because I was, I was like listening to you guys over the last like few, like since you guys were announced on Bar Down. Yeah. And I was laughing because I was texting Mikey about it today. And I said, if if these guys don't say that their biggest influence are like Emery and Thrice, Thrice and yeah. Lexus on Fire and um and Armor for Sleep. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna lose this bingo card. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, and that's another one I didn't throw in. Like Thrice is huge for me. I, I mean Thrice has always been a, a very, very big influence for me. Yeah, we did like a fucking uh four favorite albums of all time yeah. like during covid trying to create content or whatever and have like each member of the band like post something on instagram about uh their yeah. favorite record and like it was pretty similar but there's like one or two outliers for everybody but everybody had artist ambulance in their time everybody yeah. yeah yeah tom and i did something similar yeah. at a christmas party where we did a, a mount rushmore of musicians and that was that was fun hell yeah, yeah. And I would argue about that. Yeah, that we fun. did. Yeah. I don't know who the fuck I put in that line. I don't know. I might not have remembered it as well as I thought I should have, but you know, that's another story for another day. Well, fun yeah. fact about Thrice, though, is uh, I just got the artist uh, in the ambulance, their revisited version on vinyl. So oh, now you know that. Hell yeah. Everybody. Now everybody knows it. It was from that. Urban Outfitters. <laughs> Suck it. You sell out. <laughs> I, listen, had- it, it's not as easy as it used to be. You can't just walk into a hot topic and like thumb through the bin and sure. find like a five dollar newfound glory picture disc and just walk out with it. <laughs> you can't that. do that anymore. You know, now it's it's different times, baby. You gotta revisit records in order to get them. <laughs> You had to go through 300 copies of Adele to find it. <laughs> yeah. Those are burning in hell somewhere. So speaking of burning in hell, talking about Alexis and Fire, um, you know, really kind of those throat-burning tunes, you know, that you, you guys have, you can kind of hear it a little bit in there. Um, I, it's It's always kind of interesting to hear about where you guys came from, mostly because you know, music evolves over time. You know, you said you started kind of working on stuff like uh, Cities Burn, which couldn't be further from where you guys landed. Um, But, you know, that's kind of something to ask you guys, you know, just some commentary on it. You know, being a a band, as long as, you know, you guys have versus, let's say, a band like As Cities Burn, right? You kind of wonder how many times they might have wanted to, kind of evolve and change and their band did 
you yeah. know, a little bit, but like, you know, who knows what they would have matured into if they hadn't found such like a huge amount of success with like that first record yeah. that was so dynamic at that time. So like, what, what would you say about like kind of a situation like that where, you know, you guys are, you know, let's, let's say kind of in the middle of your life right now, when you guys land, you know, are you guys going to be haunted by where you started? Or are you guys going to just embrace it and develop it? I don't, I don't think you can be, you know what I mean? Cause like if you're writing music and you're writing music, honestly, yeah. it, any point in time you can write a song that means a word to you today and tomorrow you're in a completely different place. And it still means, you know, you were still that person. And if you're embarrassed by that, then I, yeah. I understand that to a certain degree, but you just have to be honest. And and if you are trying to do this to like gain popularity or notoriety, people pick up on that. And, and, you know, you just kind of got to keep moving in an honest direction. And I think that as long as you're writing honest music, you can always look back and like, reconnect with it in a certain degree and be proud of it for whatever reason that you have to make up in your head to, to be able to get through where you're at, to get where you're going. But I mean, me and I mean, Jesse and I are very similar and like, depending on what day of the week it is, we'll listen to God knows what kind of music. <laughs> yeah. So like, you I mean, know, I was like, listening to Atlantis more set on the way here. So. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, like, you know, like I, I think not to off you. No, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I think like, um, when I think about times like that, I guess. Um, so when I was originally writing music at the, at the start of the band, I think that I had been doing the same thing for so long, writing the same style of music that I wanted to kind of outreach and challenge myself to try stuff that was different from what I had normally done or things like that and try to develop something. And I think that the more that I remembered why I played music in the first place, was that we just started writing music and whatever that music ended up sounding like, I knew that was, that was completely from like our mental and our soul and our heart of like where we wanted songs to land. And that's kind of when I stopped caring so much about what we sounded like and what we were giving. To and I think that's like a big, you know, like a big moment you have to get to is to like, this is just what we sound like. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing you can do about it. There's just the way we sound. Alexis on Fire is a great example of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that band sounds. And if they change that, they're not gonna sound like them. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that's a band that realized like this is just who we are and we're gonna we're gonna do it. You yeah. Know? I think what we mean, like, especially lately writing music, anytime we go into like work on something new or try to like carve out a path for a new song or something like you really just get in the room and write music and whatever the song wants to sound like, that's kind of yeah. where it starts to go. Yeah, 100%. And then you just kind of embrace it and, and let it take shape, you know? That's that's the one thing I think lately we've been doing a lot of is just we like what we like. We have a specific, like, demographic that we're trying to appeal to and, and sound like, but we're not scared to kind of step outside of that box in a certain way to, to be able to pull something new in to, to mm-hmm. stay fresh yeah. so that we don't and we don't burn out and then the listeners like oh it's the same song that they just released you know yeah um, i think it's important to remember where you came from know where you're going so i guess talking where we came from uh you know you guys are holding it down in raleigh and it's not too often that we get a guest from like the raleigh scene on here 
honestly, I think the last one we had might have been Walt back at like episode six or seven. Like it's been that long. So, um, you know, it's a hop, skip and a jump away from Charlotte where I am, but they're two completely different scenes with their own kind of, uh, like staples in the, in the, the venues that they have there. So, um, I guess, can you shine some light on what's happening in the Raleigh scene right now? Uh, I mean, as far as like music goes, like I have been to um, our buddy Dylan is like booking again, like a lot. And he's using like school kids records, which is, you know, a small record shop. And I mean, every night of the week, almost like the other night I went there, not last, like I went last night and there was probably like 40 kids. But then I went to a show like, the week before and there was i mean there's like 90 kids in there just listen a bit they, and they had never heard of these bands i mean school kids is right by the campus yeah so like yeah. I, they're like really pulling in a lot of like the younger like college kids and stuff like that so i, I think that place is going to be a really good spot for people to discover music and then obviously i mean we always had the poorhouse like shout out that place they've been good to us for so yeah. long man yeah. and uh you can always catch a good show there and yeah um i mean the community is like really really like coming together a lot recently i think it's really cool the, the local hardcore scene is fucking booming yeah right it's, now. it's it's like it's there's gone, kids man. going to shows that have never gone to shows there's kids playing music that yeah. you know i almost feel like an old man when i see some of these kids playing music uh-huh. now because it's like they're they're kids yeah and it's awesome watching them like get their friends together form a band go play music that like you know, you're 18, 19 in your early 20s. The only thing you are at that point in your life is usually pissed off. Yeah. And for them to be able to like project that and have an impact on the community the way that they do and in the music scene to like pull in 100, 200 kids, 300 kids. Like they do a lot of Monday night shows at school kids with hardcore that Dylan books and they just crush. Like it's amazing to see people doing what they're doing right now. And I have the utmost respect for it. Yeah, man. It's sick to see, like, uh, yeah, Dylan, man, he is blind path booking. Um, shout him out, man. He's a good friend of ours, and uh, he's doing a really, really good thing for the scene right now, and yeah. it's really good to see, honestly. So, so who, who's a, a Raleigh band that, you know, maybe uh, our national listeners might not be aware of that needs to be on everyone's radar? Fading Signal is Fading killing signal, it yeah. in Raleigh right now. They're crushing. Uh, they're hardcore. Um Frontside, obviously. Frontside, yes. obviously, yeah. Um, Old Sons is another band. Old I don't Sons, know if they're yeah. technically from Raleigh. They might be like Chapel Hill I think so. area. I mean, but, it's um, they're, dude, I don't know. We we played a couple shows with them, and I've been to see them a couple times, and they like they're they're awesome. Yeah, yeah. Old Sons, S U N S. Yeah, they are phenomenal. Great band. Uh, great dudes. Great band. Yeah, yeah. Check them out. If you guys haven't listened to them, definitely yeah. go listen to them. They're, and Condado, Condado. Oh my god. Yeah, I love yeah. that band. But yeah. that, they're more like Greensboro area, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say too. I think one of the cool things about Raleigh that I've seen that that could also be attributing to like the the younger audience going to these shows is that you guys have a functioning like school of rock program. Mm-hmm. And for anybody who doesn't know what school of rock is, it's essentially just like the movie, but it's like an after school program where you can go and they'll teach kids how to sing, play guitar, play drums, play bass, and essentially form a band within them. But what's different that Raleigh does, and I don't see it, like we have a school of rock in Orlando, I don't see them doing this, is 
they'll actually get their school of rock bands onto like local shows. Mm -hmm. So like you'll see these kids play with these punk bands and they're getting involved in the scene in a way that's so much more different than showing up to a venue. Cause I think like, especially when I was growing up, like my mom was always a little bit kind of worried about putting me in like a seat venue yeah to yeah. watch a show for three hours right. and come back covered in bruises right. but i think like with with that style of event you get these kids when they're like 10 12 th- like 13 or whatever yeah. and they actually play in the venues they meet the sound guys they meet the bands they're kind of like mentored by these bands and you start seeing their friends come out and it kind of like grows this scene from an after school program which i think is the coolest fucking thing ever yeah, no, absolutely. Super I know that they did a uh, St. Paddy's Day emo night thing. Yeah. yeah. And they had the School of Rock yeah. open up the show, yeah. which I thought was really cool. There's a bunch of local bands, like really good bands. And the emo nights around here kill. Like they crush. People show up for those. They're awesome. And uh, they had the School of Rock open it up, which I yeah. thought was amazing. You know? Super cool. Because it's, it's got to be funny because those kids, you know, are obviously mm-hmm. probably in high school or middle yeah. school. Yeah. Like, parents show up and then it's just like a bunch of us like hanging out and they're like what the fuck is going on <laughs> yeah. you actually meet people like that and you see how they like receive what your kids are doing and they're like encouraging and they're not yeah. like oh this is actually like a very like help like healthy place to be because yeah. these people aren't just like out here getting drunk and doing drugs and fighting and getting tattooed in the parking lot or you know doing whatever stereotype you think it is it's like, it does like, happen though Oh, for sure. That's <laughs> <laughs> my life, dude. Can I can I ask a question? I mean, like honestly, what does it take to be an emo night DJ? Like, what do you need? All right, so a playlist. Let's just <laughs> so you need somebody's phone number. You need a laptop, <laughs> right? Preferably a MacBook. Okay, bingo. Uh, you need one of the squeaky squeaky things. You know, the digital ones. That you All right. Can okay. Uh, you need a, a solid playlist. All right. You got to have some old heads. All right. Run it. And then okay. You're good. Yeah. Solid. I've, ne- I've been to a handful. They always play the exact same playlist. But, they're, like, it's, but it's, it's fun, man. I, I get like six beers deep. and I'm like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> I just like, I wonder if like, if uh, like I like gimmicked myself. Like I was like, all right, here's my deal. Like I'm an emo night DJ but I only play track three of any album you liked. And if it isn't track three, then fuck off. You know, like that's kind of like, that'll be my tagline. Like if it isn't track three and then it'll be dot, dot, dot. And I won't put fuck off. Like the crowd will say it. I don't want to put fuck off because that'll destroy the marketing team. Can't fucking have that happen. But, uh, I think I'm going to start building this. This is an enterprise I'm going to build. You, if you guys want to get in on the ground level, we'll talk after this. Yeah, um, um, for sure. Let me just tell. Okay. Tears. This is insane. Cause I just looked up two of my favorite albums to see what the third songs are. Yeah. It, they're the, the best songs on the album. <laughs> so, right. so taking back Sundays yeah. louder now yeah. is okay. make damn sure. Okay. That's a good. Okay. So they won that one. All right. All right. Taking Back Sundays, Where You Want to Be, third yeah. track is A Decade Under the Influence. They also won that one. Okay. Um, You're going to win some. Let me pull. You want? Uh, do you want a something corporate, say anything? Let's do Census Fail. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, we'll do one more. All let right. it unfold you. Third track, Cute When You Scream. 
Damn. Sometimes it doesn't work, but sometimes it won't. Sometimes the best songs will going to be like two and four. I feel like that's probably the way it is on like Yellow Card's Ocean Avenue. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to play the song in between like Ocean Avenue and the other one with the other sad one. <laughs> the other you know what the, the third one with track the of Ocean Avenue is? Yeah. What? Which one is it? Ocean Avenue. See, fuck. Okay. But it's still going to be a gimmick. I mean, I could really fuck it up and like do something weird, like be like track nine. Cause like, you know, nobody does singles from track nines, but that's too obvious. So anyways, we'll retool it. We'll retool it. I it's fine. I'd attend. I think it's a great idea. From here on out, dude, we're only... Like, if we release a record, we're only putting a single at number three. No, for real? Whoever <laughs> releases a single is going on track three. You're going to get played at so many emo nights in 2043. <laughs> track one and track two are both going to be separate intros. And the record's going to be track three. You're just track one is just water, track two is the waterfall, and track three is song. Dude, so, track two is gonna be like that weird ASMR shit that people are into right now, where it's just like Jesse clicking his nails up against a microphone and whispering. Dude, you know who was into that too? Under oath on their only chasing safety because they did the thing where they did the fucking voice. I was like, four, three, two, one, and then it turned into fucking chaos because that's what under oath feels like to me still oh, to this God. day is chaos okay i love under us so much Uh-oh. the only chasing safety Shit. is not a is not a banger the third one is not a banger yeah it's, it's the impact of reason but it is between two bangers d- 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 yeah. a boy brush red and reinventing your exit and that's and that's what track three dj is really all about it's like <laughs> i want to give that you, one track on their only yeah i want to give you the sadness of it not being the one before it or after it, and I want that to plague you while you dance the night away. Like, I want you to, to booze more because of how it makes you feel. Like, that's the idea. Like, beer fucking bar owners are going to love it because, like, they're going to be like, all right, this next one, I know it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be like, this next track is from like Reggie in the full effect. And it's like a skit, and everyone's like, fuck. <laughs> Just fucking throwing whiskey back. Dude, it's, foolproof this idea is foolproof that's actually kind of sick too because like when you do do that everybody goes outside of like smoke and then they hear a song they want to hear and they all come back in at the exact same time it gives you a break you get yeah everybody's (laughs) and and that's and that is the beauty of track three because like i want to hit them hard where it hurts but i also want to draw them back in (laughs) so you know jimmy world uh, track three i know on bleed american is the middle fucking if i put the middle on Everybody in a quarter mile radius is coming in. They're flooding yeah. back because they want to fucking hear that guitar solo. You know that fucking dude. Best guitar solo from like two thousand one that could have existed was yeah. that guitar solo. Right. And, and it brings the people in. <laughs> I love how stoked you are about this. That makes <laughs> me. Uh, I, I love how he just like brainstorms these ideas in the middle of this our is episode. Not the first like, episode he's done this in. First no, time he's done this. But the point <laughs> is, like, keep going, but you don't. Have I feel like we you need know, to take I'm a sold. vote. I feel like we need to take a vote on this right now and like pass it or yeah, like I'm... come back next week and try again. This is this is an Instagram live thing. He just needs to go on Instagram live <laughs> on like on the third day of the week. 
stare into the camera like it's just going to a full TED talk about how the third song on every album on on post hardcore albums it is arguably the worst song but on emo pop punk albums it is arguably the better song that is a dissertation you could write 40 pages about that take it to a college professor and say suck it and hand it to them and they're going to be like you're not even enrolled in this college yeah (laughs) and that's the first thing they're going to say is they're going to be like sir where did you come from and why is this on computer paper from 1992 with the paper peeling it they're like oh shit that's a manifesto we're calling it an active shooter (laughs) that's actually what would really happen they'd they'd look at the first word on it and they'd be like yeah that guy's crazy. Factory? Factory? You're just playing like Shark Attack. <laughs> Talking to the cops. Like, no, listen, this is what I'm trying to say. He's <laughs> just like, just dying on a hill. Dying on a hill. That's Tractor. it. Tractor. <laughs> oh, God. I, I'm, I'm waiting for the transition. Where is it going, Tom? I don't know. Are we lighting the lamp during hockey season? <laughs> If I needed to think about a transition, I would have thought about one. But as soon as you said it out loud, it hurt me because I know that I didn't. But that's okay because I can think of one right now. Bronze Age. Bronze. Fuck those medals. Let's talk about gold medals, okay? So, uh, no, let's actually talk about the Canes season real quick. And we're going to have a lot more to say about this. But first of all, congratulations, yeah. Got out of the east. Ooh. Yeah, well, not yet. Not yet. Almost. Well, I we still got Toronto or Florida, which I mean. Well, you if you if you had Toronto, I got my be, Flanagan's Cup. That would be great. For, but yeah, South Panthers these right South now. Floridians, man, they're just they just think they're the shit now. But oh, that's fine. I mean, they're the thing is, is like the funny thing is like if we play Toronto, like there are enough rich people in Toronto that like come to Raleigh to go to the games. Well, but, yeah, but Raleigh, you know, the, the Canes do that thing where they won't let people outside of the Raleigh zip code zip code buy tickets. Around for, it. No, for for yeah. South Florida, it was if you were outside, if you didn't have a zip code in the United States, you could not buy games. You could not buy yeah. tickets. To the game. Yeah, I don't know how people get around it because I mean, like you go to the games, especially like play the Islanders in the first round. I was at a, at, at those games, and it's just there's Islander fans everywhere. All right, so the thing that's different is those Islander fans live in Raleigh <laughs> and Charlotte. Because I, I no, as Mikey's the one that gets about there. I get, I'm the one that but gets his head out there. is about to explode to get to tell you about this. Go, go! No, I'm not even gonna do it, uh, dude. But, if yes. you wonder that's why there's like an army of, of blue and orange at Kane's games, it is Mikey. One hundred percent, it is Mikey. Are you an Islander fan? Yeah, so I, I run He's this thing the called Islander Fan Isles Meetups that we have God groups all father. over the country, and uh, you know we have a group actually in Raleigh. They go to uh, My Way Tavern once a month for games. So it, it's really just transplants from Long Island that live in Raleigh, live in Charlotte, live in Winston Salem, and uh, like during the regular season, we have hundreds of people that sit together for those games. But yeah. then in the playoffs, they cut us off, like. They won't let us do groups, but you know they're still going to the games, and yeah, yeah. There, there's tons of Islander fans that that make it. But as you know, like pretty much all those Northeast teams, like when the Bruins play there, there's a tons of ton of Bruins fans there. Like Rangers play there, ton of so 
you know, I, I, there's a reason why I moved to Charlotte. There's a reason why a lot of people moved to Raleigh. Like, yeah. it's a pretty sick place to live. And it's a, it, well, it's, it's not five. as affordable as it used to be, but it's still better it's than New York. Long Island. Up until about five years ago, if any of the, like, major, like, franchises or original six teams came down and played, it was basically just a home game. I mean, we were terrible, and people weren't buying tickets. And you would go see the Bruins play in Raleigh, and they were probably – if it was – you know, if we played Arizona, there's probably like eight or 10,000 people at the game. And if we played the Bruins, there's probably 15,000 people there, and 12 and a half of them are Bruins fans. And it was it was absolutely brutal to go to games back then because we were terrible. And then you go watch them just get smacked by, you know, a team like that, and they come in and just run us out of the building as fans too. You know, between the Penguins – the Rangers, the Bruins, the Flyers, the Islanders. It's just like uh, you just kind of got to swallow your tongue and walk in there and watch hockey and turn around and walk out. Um, but, you know, in the last five years, we've been a much better hockey team, actually you know, built a hockey team in a, in a city that embraces the team. And it's a lot of fun to go to games now, even, you know, a regular season game against somebody that's, had, you know, a bottom feeder in the league. You go in and there's a ton of Hurricanes fans and it's loud and it's it's rowdy and it's a lot of fun to watch the guys go and play. Yeah, I agree. Know. Like I I was in the building, the not this last series, but the one before COVID, mm-hmm. when you guys swept us, and yeah. I was there game four when you swept us, and my whole view of Canes fans completely changed because like. It was so loud in that building. People were so aggressive. Mm. And, like, I started to legit hate Canes fans. I was like, this shit sucked. Like, <laughs> fuck the Canes. Like, I don't, I don't even hate the Ranger fans anymore. Like, I hate Canes fans so much. And, like, it, it's good to see, like, hockey growing in non-traditional markets. Um, the only thing is, like, you know, yeah, the Canes have been good for you know these past five years every sport fan knows that those those times don't always last like there's going to be some down times coming maybe in a couple of years are those fans going to stick around and stick with the team like yeah absolutely you know like and and going back to what you were saying that game four when we swept the islanders that was like that time that like first year we made the playoffs and that was like the pinnacle of my hockey like going to like Hockey Hurricanes memory, maybe. It's like we get in the first round. We go to Washington. We hadn't made a playoffs in like 10 years, nine years. Go to Washington, lose two games in the first round, come back home. First time I'd ever been to a playoff hockey game. We win both games at home, go back to Washington, lose, come back to Raleigh, win, go back for game seven, win in overtime, and then coming home and sweeping the Islanders in four. And I remember being at that game four, and it was just like, I think I cried. Like, I'm pretty sure I cried. I cried when we won, where I'm like, this makes the you know, last eight years of my life is just sitting here watching us absolutely fucking suck. Feels so worth it. Where it's just like, I think there's only two things that really give you that. And that's like music and sports that like you can really embrace something that is so much bigger than you than make it feel like it's your own. You know, like we're sitting here talking about hockey teams of guys that we don't even know. Like, we're fucking in the locker room. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a, that's yeah. a staple, staple of. Of hockey fans, hockey fans just are always like, are the we's. It's we, 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 and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But just like, if you wanted to talk about craziness, just think of my lineage, and I can then speak for Mikey's lineage because we grew up around the same time. Mm-hmm. Is that we had to stomach the two thousands Islanders, right? Yeah. So I mean, 
that was a literal decade of shame. Yeah. Like you got a literal decade of shame. And it's like when we finally broke that mold and like started putting together some winners and all this kind of stuff, it was like the most refreshing thing in the world because number one, you finally got to stop hearing Ranger fans, right? Yeah. And I mean, you know, it got to that climax when, you know, the Rangers, uh, you know, played the Kings with 2012, I think it was. And, you know, the Kings beat them. And then, you know, like even I backed off after that because I was like, that's heartache. You know, yeah. I mean, if we got to the cup finals and lost to a fucking shitbag West team, <laughs> you know, fucking Vegas. Yeah. You know, yeah. no way. No, thank you. <laughs> but like, I get it. But at the same time, that's the thing that made it feel so much better as an Islander fan when you finally got good and you finally, you know, had the, uh, the, the, the specters and all these people that, you know, are looking at, you know, the season and actually saying, Oh, we think the Islanders are going to come out of the East. And it's just like, Holy shit. You know, it's yeah. great to feel that, but like all things, of course it fades. And, well, uh, I was going to say too, like, you know, the hurricanes have had, they had a decade of, of shit too, honestly. Yeah. I think right after they won the cup and the blackout happened, like they, it was what, 10 or 11 years of just yeah slumping dude. And nope. it was like 2017 is when they started seeing a pickup again with the mm-hmm. hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even like going back to like what you guys were saying about, you know, the the attendance wasn't that great and like the home teams and, you know, it felt like you guys weren't the home team, even though you were playing mm-hmm. at like PNC. Yeah. What's crazy is that that team, the Hurricanes, that franchise is the only Carolina, North Carolina team to ever have an, an actual championship, like mm-hmm. professional sports team. Yep. And people are so diehard about the Panthers. And, like, at the end of the day, man, like, if you're looking at any type of, like, winning team or winning franchise, it's the Hurricanes in that state, man. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I, I know a ton of people from around here that drive to Charlotte on Sundays to go watch the Panthers play. You know, like, they'll buy season tickets here and, and go watch the Panthers and can care less about hockey. And I know – I don't really know anybody from the Charlotte, like, area that would buy season tickets to the hurricanes and go see them you know even if it is like on the weekend we'll go see the hurricanes when they're at home you know obviously one week a month with football is completely different when you're playing two three games a week with hockey but i don't know that many people that come in from charlotte to to see a hurricanes game that are like committed to the team that are like an actual fan of the team no i I think it really is like a raleigh fan base and like that those like you know the the triangle yeah it, it, that that's the hurricanes and you know it, it is tough when there's down years because there's competition for you know college basketball college football like it it, it it's still the south like raleigh is very much a college like, yeah sports i would say north carolina in general is a college sports state like everybody you know around here is like either a duke fan a carolina fan or a state fan yeah. and or East Carolina fan, but I don't even really consider they that. They don't count. Um, but, like, everybody around here is is a state Carolina or Duke fan, and will like, fight you to the death about why they love that team. But then when the Hurricanes are playing well, none of that matters. It's just, like, everybody's a Canes fan, and it's and really cool to see. The best part about the Hurricanes is their beer is so good. Yeah. That Storm Brew? Yeah. It is probably one of the best, like, 
How the hell have you tried it? Dude, every time we go to North Carolina, we buy a six-pack, dude. We were pounding them before the Aberdeen not, show. Not better than Barn Rocker. <laughs> yeah. We we literally we bought a twelve pack of it at uh, Harris Teeter and yeah, um, yeah we went to that Aberdeen show we were just pounding them back it is one of the most drinkable yeah. beers yeah that's like a, like a lager pilsner type of beer it is so good yeah it's I'm probably big... just Lion's Head <laughs> I know it's better than Lion's Head <laughs> that's what they, that's what they want you to think it's a Steel that's Reserve Lion's Head. <laughs> it's delicious Steel Reserve it's delicious. Delicious watered down lion's head from me to you. <laughs> but I wish all hockey teams did that. I mean, Toronto, all they got is John Tavares' shitty cereal. Yeah. <laughs> Banana flavored. Are they winning right now or are they about to get bounced? I think that the, I know that Florida went up in the, in the first period. Florida was up until like literally a minute ago. Toronto wow. just tied it. So like who scored? Was it Mitch Marner? It probably was that <laughs> Neilander. Isn't it so much worse? Was it who, who was it? Neilander. I was Neilander. He's a wiener too. Isn't it so much worse. <laughs> all right at home instead of just getting swept in Florida. Do you know what's awful? Is that I had to Google the Florida Panthers and I pulled up an actual fucking wildcat. <laughs> That's what's always good. Not come even up the first. team. Because it's always a problem in Florida. Like, you're always getting the red alert first. It's like, oh, you Googled Florida Panther, red alert. Like, the panther that's closest to you is not attacking you. Like, don't worry. Now to the now to the hockey. Wait, there's legit still Florida Panthers? I thought they were all gone. No, oh, they're man. endangered, dude. They're, still, they're, they're basically cougars, pumas, yeah. mountain lions. They're all the same shit. There's, if they're Cougar in Florida, in the car, it's a Florida buddy. Panther. Man, that's crazy. And if they're in Miami, they're just 50 years old. Sure. And looking for a good time. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that's a badum tiss, you know. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, Florida Panthers and Florida Cougars. We should, uh... Isn't that so much worse for like Toronto and Toronto fans? So that if they win game four in, in Florida. Go back to Toronto just to get beat in front of their home fans tonight. I kind of hope that happens. I, I hope I, it happens too. It's going to go back to Florida. Anything. And I like, I'm there's part of me that wants to pull for, for Florida with like as many ex hurricanes as they have on the team, <laughs> with Eric being on the team and Mark both. Like, and I, 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 I wish that Eric would have come back to Raleigh at some point and kind of had his farewell tour, but it's awesome to see him still playing hockey. Mm. And I would love to see him come back to Raleigh next round and get absolutely fucking smoked. Did you guys ever get the chance to see the stall mom? The stall mom? Yeah, Eric Stall's mom or the Stall brothers' moms? Mm, I don't think I've ever met their parents at all. So uh, I, I used to work for Vans years ago. We opened the store in Raleigh, and she came out to an event, and you knew who she was because at the time, like she had a, a jer- two jerseys sewn into one. Yeah, and it was the a Pittsburgh jersey and a Carolina jersey, and and on the back it just said stall, but it was like split perfectly for the letters. That's cool. And, and she, she would just wear that around and go to yeah. Vans events. Yeah, she would yeah. just go around because she was just promoting her. Give her me boys, free Vans. All four kids and fucking the pros, basically. <laughs> she sounds yeah. terrible. I had these three motherfuckers. <laughs> four, technically. I was at the game that they, they could have been on front line. <laughs> Give me free Vans, please. <laughs> Jordan and Eric, and they had all three Saul brothers on the top line that one night. 
And I don't, I don't think that they played New York that night when Mark was still playing with, with New York, but they had all three Saul brothers on their top line one night. And then the like right after that uh, training camp, they had like a preseason game, like the red and black game, and and Jared got in a fight with Tim Gleason, and then they released him like the next day, <laughs> like in a pre like in, a, in an intramural like scrimmage. It's kind of show. The, the only thing I hate more than having all Stall brothers on the same line are the Sedins. Oh god, <laughs> Dude, I'm not a like I'm, seeing how Vancouver treated them after they lost to the Bruins in that Stanley Cup made me like hate the Vancouver Canucks like fan base. Like it was just like they I mean the Canucks have been bad for a long time and then like see yeah the reception they got after that or like fault and clawed and then Tim Thomas does Tim Thomas in the in the, in the cup and yeah I don't know. I, I've always had like a shit like a weird feeling towards the, the Canucks fan base after that. Well every time they lose the Stanley Cup they burn down the whole city. Yeah that's what I'm saying. It's just like that was that was the second time <laughs> yeah, it's insane. It, it was insane to me to see that. Like, yeah, it's like I don't know. It just felt like they were children. Where you just like take something away from them, and they just like poof and throw it at you. Well, was it ninety ninety five when the Rangers won to beat the Canucks? Ninety five or ninety six? That was the year that Messier went absolutely nuts in the playoffs. Yeah, watch that. Those riots. They were flipping cop cars and setting them on fire. It was disgusting. But then you realize they all have universal health insurance, and you can do stupid things like this. <laughs> Even though it'll take you nine months to get your broken arm set. <laughs> At least they don't have to pay six thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to pay like six thousand dollars per crack. Your arm will just look like this for another <sighs> eight months. I think that's what the Canadians hope. Like I think the Canadians are just generally hoping, like, well, you know, it's not too bad, eh? You know, it's just as like his elbow is out of place a little bit, eh? So uh, you know. Uh, he'll never go to the doctor, and like most of these guys, like they're not never gonna go to the doctor because like Canada is one of those places that, like, believe it or not, a lot of that area is still mostly like weird sheep herders and like fucking cattle wranglers and shit. It's just like that is like the wild, wild west up there with some of them, some of them prairie Canadians. Yeah, I was just say, saying, Kyle from Crease World is building a hockey rink out in the middle of yeah, nowhere. who does that? In the, middle of, an episode of In the middle Breakdown. of an episode of Barndown Breakdown, they're building a hockey rink. Like who? You can like, hear the 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 song. Like who does that? And like Canadians. And why would you put yourself on film doing that? <laughs> maniac Canadian fucking maniac. No way. But we we we're having a blast. But we do. Uh, have to fill you in on, on our homies <laughs> DraftKings real quick. So light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets, bonus bets instantly. So we're waiting on the, the finish of the Panthers and Maple Leafs game, and we're hoping for a great Panthers and Kane series to throw down some money with DraftKings. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.com. Or in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 867-369. 
In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 and older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. All right. Are we going yeah. right into it? Let's, Let's face it, guys. With coffee, fucking ad read. <laughs> no, we're not done yet. <laughs> but let's face it, guys. With coffee starting at five dollars, yeah, and that's without all the laundry list of things that you add to it, and our bank account somehow always depleting. We're officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but they're priced completely different just because they got the name of some hip hop artist in the nineties. <laughs> so. A good duplicate or a dupe is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want when you want it without taking without breaking the bank or taking a break because they have such a long battery life. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and another for your au pair and still pay less than you would with some of the other more big name tech companies out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay now later options. And right now you could pay as low as $18 at checkout. They even have easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance just for a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and a flat fee for international shipping. And they have over 50,000 uh, five-star reviews, including some of their you know obvious additional features that include noise isolation, uh, three customizable sound profiles so you can listen to your emo, your post, hardcore, and your death metal all in different equalizations. And they're even water resistant. So when you're at that show and you don't want to listen to that one band that's playing, and you're sweating, they don't fall out of your ears. Go buy Raycons. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today. That is slash THPN today to get 15% off your order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Mikey has them. He loves them. What's your favorite thing don't. about your? <laughs> I, I no, I I do love them, but I don't own them because they're my wife's. But she <laughs> says that they sound great and they're super comfortable. So use that code THPN, baby. The Ryan household owns a pair. The Ryan household. And she doesn't approved. let me use good ones. As you can see, I'm using these Apple <laughs> earbuds. The free ones. <laughs> the free ones. But uh, before we dive into a little more Bronze Age. I just have one more Canes question. You know, th- this past season, you guys had your Winter Classic game or the the Stadium Series game. Yeah, w- were you able to attend it? Yeah, that was the longest day of my life. Absolutely. Let's hear it. So, oh, so <laughs> the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh no. So, uh, me and my, so we were season ticket holders. My dad was able to get season uh, six tickets. So, uh, me and my buddy went. Uh, Chris Roy, shout out to him. Um, and then my sister and her husband went and my mom and my dad went and we, the gates opened at like two o'clock. Me and him just went and got his girlfriend to drop us off. We had like a case of beer apiece, walked into the parking lot 
and just kind of started hanging out. We both took an Adderall before we got there, and <laughs> shit, you not do. We probably crushed nowhere between anywhere between like twenty to twenty five beers while we were there the whole day. Like it was unbelievable. And um, my parents got there like at one thirty to park, and they didn't get parked until probably like five o'clock. Jeez, sat on the interstate for the ever basically. Um, but everybody got part. My sister was able to get in. We all hung out and just, it was awesome seeing like all the festivities and all the, it was, I've never seen that many people at a hockey game ever or really anything, maybe like a Panthers game, but it's such a smaller, like uh, setting that like having that many people crammed in together. Uh, but we were able to get in and watch the game and we sat like lower level kind of out like in the corner behind the goalie. It was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. It was so much fun, especially beating the Capitals the way we did. It was an absolute blast. I hope they do it again somewhere. It's it's one of the things I would definitely drive for. Like it's such an experience that if your team plays an outdoor game, don't think about it. Just go. It is amazing. Yeah, it, it sounds like traffic on like uh the state fair days. Like I remember one season the Islanders and the Canes had the season opener the same weekend as the state fair opener. Yeah. And tri- because like it, it the 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 fairgrounds, the co- the college stadium and PNC Arena are all there together. All like in a mile radius. Yeah. Dude, mile. traffic was a nightmare. Like so many people just like your parents were trying to get to the tailgate at like 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon for a 7 o'clock game. And barely made puck drop just because it was crawling that bad. Yeah. If you can imagine that times like a million, I would say that's what the outdoor game was like. It was like I know people that sat out on the side of the road for like between five and seven hours to get in. And it was just like, crazy I don't know how they dealt with it. Like I know my dad, like, my dad's the least impatient <laughs> person I've ever met in my entire life. And like, my, my mom was telling me when they parked, he was like, your dad's pretty much settled it. Like, we're not going to see the game. We're going to just come in, turn around, and go home. He's canceling his tickets for next year. <laughs> Fuck that. Never wants to come back ever again. They did this so poorly. And, you know, once he gets sat down and has, like, a beer, he's fine. But just, like, anything. Yeah, it was it was a, it was was atrocious. But it was – I mean, you kind of almost have to expect it with the way that they had it set up where you got a college – and then, like, on the fairgrounds, even when the fairs not happening, they still have, like, events and stuff going out there in those buildings. So, like, the fairgrounds, the college, and the stadium all share the same parking. Yep. It's just – yeah, it's absolutely insane. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think uh, Carolina getting and ha- and pulling it off, like, you know, because it's, it's not necessarily cold in the wintertime here in the Carolinas – yeah. is just going to open up, you know, paths for other, you know, Southern teams to maybe get one. Like, I mean, Florida's supposed to be next. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to pull that off. But, like, they're going to be at Raymond James or Hard Rock, so we'll see. Jeez, that, that's bonkers to me to think, like, an outdoor game in Florida. But They did it in L.A. at Dodger <laughs> Stadium. But, but L.A. doesn't get, like, too hot. Like, L.A. is, like, yeah. always, like, 80 degrees. If they did like a Tampa, Florida outdoor game, that y'all might could fill up like half the fucking stadium. That'd be insane. We could no. I Taylor Swift just packed out Raymond James. I don't know. I don't know if the Lightning are going to be able to do it. They would. Lightning, Lightning and Panther fans, one hundred percent. It would be big enough that it would be like absolutely yeah. 
because they they've sold out football stadiums before like buffalo like a lot of the original stadium series ones happened in nfl arenas yeah, no, no, I, I mean think... specifically the the lightning like fan base and the panthers fan base i know a lot of people that went to the stadium series that were fans of like other hockey other teams ranger fans and penguin fans like transplants to come down here that yeah out. like to be honest with you like i would like if they announced like it at raymond james like I would try to get tickets, and I would like go on on my Islander shit, you know, like yeah, be the odd man out, just like you know, not like not caring, but like I'd be one of those people who would just come just because they're a hockey fan, yeah, you know, it's, and it's, seeing how the ice holds up in Tampa, Florida, and it's like it's it's almost like a religious experience. It's like seeing the game played in that big of a setting, and mm-hmm. until you see it, I don't think you really can understand it. But it was like yeah. Just the appreciation for the game and then seeing it on that level was very eye-opening for sure. You know, I watched so much hockey when I was growing up and um, watched so much baseball from, like, one part of the stadium. Yeah. um, Where, like, the first time I had ever gone to, like, a football game, like, in my adult life, like, I was, like, like, brought back by like the enormity of it like i was like holy shit like this is insane and like you're just not used to it and you're right like seeing that enormity like with something you love that's like a little baby to you like hockey yeah sign me the fuck up man let's do it yeah no absolutely it's 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 cool like when i first started going to hurricanes games i was the only person i knew that liked hockey like me and my my dad had season tickets to the ice caps growing up which was like the first hockey team in in the triangle area and then uh-huh. like i got a little bit older like it was baseball football basketball for me growing mm-hmm. up. now it's funny like seeing so many friends of mine that like i didn't like take the games or anything just get mm-hmm. into hockey and yeah. then we like, share that together we're like we'll get together and watch hockey games and, and it's fun to like see everybody find it in their own way but yeah of course you know, like 10 years ago where it's like i was you know watching a hockey game and everybody's like why do you care about that and i'm like i really mm-hmm. don't Fucking yep, exactly. <laughs> it's just depressing this, this shit to watch right now. Like maybe we win the night, and if I do, like there's I'm not gonna feel that good about it. Yeah. I feel like 25 points out of a playoff spot, but watching it grow and, and become what it is now is, is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. There's so many people that care about it. Yeah, of course. It's crazy to see. Amen. Well, it'd be cool too, because this is the first time you'll get a new pennant in the stadium. I mean, whether or not they go to the Stanley Cup or not, like you guys are gonna get a first pennant for winning the Metropolitan for yeah. the first time ever this season. Yeah, well, we won it last year and this year. Yeah. And it was this year only. Do I know? No, I I, I totally forgot what year it was. I was like looking up like this the stats really quick. Totally yeah, forgot what year it that's was. That's why you shouldn't do research. Just wait I know, right? and make shit up. <laughs> Just make shit up. Yeah, no, nah, it works. It works really well for me. Yeah, Tom made up a whole entire roster. Yeah, I did. The dude from Judah great. and the Lion. Like we, we were totally out of our element talking to Judah and the Lion in the first place, and yeah. then Tom just made up literally the entire roster of Colorado. And I don't the, know the guy was just like have. so nice, and he was just like, "Yeah, those guys aren't on our team." Like. <laughs> He literally was looking at someone's like Yahoo fantasy hockey team. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It was pretty bad though. Yeah, I was on, ever since then, we don't do research. No, I was on cap friendly. I was on cap friendly, and somehow instead of clicking on the avalanche, I clicked on like avalanche, like 
2023 draft if I drafted. <laughs> and like that's why I was like, oh good. And you have like Nemestikov and Spolestikov. <laughs> and he was like, no, not them though. And I was like, fuck. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do now? But we recovered. We did all right. <laughs> we did all right. <laughs> Oh man! Well, we need to have a list of rules for this show. Nope, <laughs> never. But uh, boys, I I do before we let you go want to talk a little bit about Bar Down Breakfast. Um, to be completely transparent, like you guys came on to my radar because of the festival, and have instantly become like one of the bands I'm most excited to see. So like, I guess fill me in on your relationship with like Christian because I know that you guys went through Christian and then the Seneca boys, like yeah. did, have you played a bunch of shows with them in the past? And like when he reached out to you, it was a no brainer kind of deal. Yeah. I'm, I don't think we've played like a, a super huge amount with those guys, but probably two or three, shows. two or three, but uh, we did a uh, milestone with them. Uh, I think that was family, right? Welcome to family fest. Yeah. It was the first time I think. And then we did Winston Salem with them mm-hmm. and that, fucking free bar or whatever yeah um and then uh i i opened uh a show by myself acoustic for them like a couple of weeks ago uh, at the poorhouse here and uh yeah i mean they <laughs> i don't remember getting hit up to play it but <laughs> yeah it was funny like i guess oh by the way you guys are playing it <laughs> <laughs> they're just put on the flyer yeah. we're <laughs> Through like a member That's change, we've gone through a member change in like the last couple of weeks, and we're sorting all that out. And then just like, let's shut it down, let's figure it out. And like, you know, we'll be back on the road in no time. And I woke up, and it was like, bar down breakdown, tagged in a post, or something. And I open it, it's just a lineup. Oh, we're on the lineup. I texted Justin, hey, did you confirm this show in June? He's like, no, I thought you did. And I was like, we're just on this flyer. Classic, he said, she said. Christian, I found out Christian was was involved with it, and I hit up Christian. I was like, "Hey, did, who confirmed this?" He's like, "Jesse." I was like, "When when did you say that?" He's like, "Oh, last time I talked to you guys when we played together, Jesse said y'all are good for it." And I was like, "Oh, okay." I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, sounds good." Can we use this tactic for year three? Just like put like fucking taking back Sunday, playing yep. Long Island, yeah, let's break throw, like, yeah, year three <laughs> with throwing. They have to show yeah. up and play it. I mean, imagine still- that, like Adam Lazard just being like, ugh. Like, so we gotta play. Like, we gotta play it. And they like, put us like, on there. Kind of like stumbles up and all sad and stuff. And he's but like, like specifically, we put like we put like the like decade under the influence. Make damn sure lineup taking back Sunday. So like Fred Maraschino gets the notification. <laughs> oh, I guess I gotta do it. Yep, he like flies <laughs> in. Fly. Poor guy, and he's like, well. Mere yeah. now, yeah, we were the, the color bread. It's taking it was, back Sunday. It was just one of those shows we wanted to play. Yeah, and then, yeah. like knowing that you guys just took care of all that for us was very, very thoughtful. Yeah, we took yeah. care of putting your name on the flyer and notifying <laughs> you too. <laughs> I mean, I guess we're playing, but no, nah, no. Nah, I mean, it's a ton of great bands. So I was like, I was like, fuck it, man. If we said yes or no, we're definitely saying no on the fucking flyer. <laughs> I think it's just kind of like if Frontside said you were a good band, like we just automatically started tagging you and shit. Walt being super weird, just being like, you know, it's cool lizards and shit. And you're like, oh, great. 
Got to tag lizards and shit now. Dude, just put them on the show. <laughs> I got to tag lizards and shit. Dude, just do it. Dude, what are you talking about? Dude, just what are you talking about? Not a lot. Not a lot. What a guy. That's so, like, we had Walt on very, very early in Bar Down Breakdown when Devin, who's like the most Long Island dude ever, <laughs> was also our co-host. <laughs> and for like the first 20 minutes, Walt's talking and Devin texts me and he just goes, dude, I can't understand what this dude is saying. Because <laughs> he's like so Long Island and had like never spent any time in the South. And he was just like. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Like, I'm. I truly don't know what this man is saying. <laughs> that was the the same thing happened to Walt with uh with with our drummer Tony. Because I have to be very specific with the Tonys. You guys will find out in June. Yeah. Um. So our the drummer Tony he 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 goes up he he goes up to Walt. And he goes, Hey man, uh, you know, thanks for being such a good sport. Walt's like, What are you talking about? And he's like, Well, because um. You know, everyone's like making fun of the way that you play. You say Miller White, and you know, thanks for just being a good sport and going around with it. And he goes, "That's a fucking joke." <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "I just say it like that because it's funny." And Tony loses it because <laughs> he thought that we were making fun of him. Yeah, and no, like we were in on the, like the whole joke the entire time because he was just every time we would ask him like, "Hey, what would you drink?" He'd be like, "Miller White." So that was just the whole joke. Yeah. And it was it just the whole he the way he ran with the bit and Tony had no idea what was going on until he asked him and he was just being so genuine about it. That's a fucking joke. <laughs> Dude, when we were in the studio working with him, I I like developed the ability to like talk just like him. Like everybody in the band was like, You sound just fucking I can't do it anymore, I haven't done it in years. But they were like, Dude, you sound just fucking like it. Like do it in front of like talk to him like that and see what he says. He like came outside at one point. And I was like smoking a cigarette. And he walked over to me. He asked me a question, and I responded to him in his voice. And he just turned around, and looked at me. And he's like, "Is that what you think I sound like?" <laughs> that's it. Everybody in the band, everybody in the band is like, "Dude, that's exactly what you sound like." <laughs> he's like, "You ain't smoking enough Marlboro Reds to sound like me." <laughs> Dude, I I want I I we tried the entire tour to try to get him to do like trucker talk, like if he was talking in the on the intercom, just because yeah. like he we found out he was he was like an over off road truck not <laughs> actual yeah. career. Yeah. yeah, he was a fucking truck driver, dude. Can you imagine that breaker breaker turn four just like <laughs> Like, dude, I wanted him to say something like that so bad, and, and we just never were able to get him to do it. So I'm gonna try to get him to do it at the milestone. Dude, I told him, I, I told him one time, I was like, I wouldn't pay any amount of money to be like sitting shotgun in your truck and just watch you have like an old shit moment coming down a mountain and just have to like downshift real quick and just see any amount of money to see you react like in real time, like how you actually do that, what you actually say. Now he's hand wiring amplifiers. Yeah. <laughs> Scary. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's scarier than than cross country truck driving, honestly. Because I don't know, I kind of wanted to build me a fucking amp. I think it was those capacitors. If you, if you, oh man, that thing can kill you, man. That thing, yeah, that'll actually kill you. That'll, that'll actually I'm kill you. Yeah, like a couple of times, I'm like, dude, fuck. You know. 
All right. Well, now that we got it out of the way that you guys are indeed playing Bar Down Breakfast, let's just ch- chat about. Um, At the very least, we'll be there to DJ track we'll three set. We'll yeah. just play song on our record and let it fly. Yeah. Be you guys, you know, it's really funny. You guys are looking at Mikey right now thinking he's having like a grand old time. In his mind, he is furious. <laughs> he's furious. That this announcement of you guys being on Bar Down Breakdown Fest didn't go exactly how he wanted it to go. <laughs> Dude, he yeah. is internally furious. I'm right also now. just wondering what other bands we've been tagging for like the past <laughs> two months. Dude, three months I, that so are I would like, laugh so them. hard if, if Never Home just didn't even know that they were having a reunion show. They just <laughs> <laughs> A mix of internal fury and internal panic because like half of Mikey's just like, oh no, did I literally just start tagging bands and none of them know that they're supposed is, to play? Is oh my way God, actually God, gonna play I'm going to die. And like the other half is just time. like... Only out of time shows up. I'm the only out. This is us and Seneca Burns. Put them on a flyer, dude. Fuck it. Yeah. Listen, as long as you can just play like a full cover of Emery songs, then you're fine. Yeah, we, we might figure out one. We might we'll do that. Let's do Ponytail Parade. It's one of the long ones. Let's we'll do something off the new record that nobody knows. Yeah. Right? Like, we'll just oh, so everyone thinks it like might be your song, but like yeah. isn't sure. The new one. You ever you ever done that? You ever like been to a show and you're watching a band and like they play a cover, but they don't say that they're playing a cover, and like you're like, oh, I think I recognize that song, but like you don't you aren't sure and then they like play their own original and then it's like lost forever has that ever happened to you oh welcome to an out of time show (laughs) (laughs) there's there's one band locally i won't say their name but there's one band locally that i've seen two or three times and i shit you not there's like five or six songs in their set that are straight up covers they steal like everything and change the lyrics like same same everything and i'm hearing it i'm like singing a different song in my head but i'm like that's not what he's saying and I think we're doing a cover and they might be like doing a play on like, Yeah, we wrote that one. I'm like, are you fucking joking or are you being serious? Because it's funny if you're joking. Like, it's hilarious. But they're like, I, dead serious about it. Like, they're like, we heard this song. We thought it was cool. So we just did it our way. And I'm like, no, you just did that song. New, I, had, new lyrics. I had a friend that did that. He he goes, dude, I we, we wrote like the best acoustic song ever. And I go, yeah. And I'm, he's like, I was like, send it to me. And he sends it to me. And I was like, I'm, I'm humming it in my head. I'm just like, I'm like, I know this song. And it was fucking Jumper by Third Eye Blind, <laughs> and I called I called him out on. It. I go, dude, you fucking you like that is one hundred percent a Third Eye Blind song. He goes, no, dude, it wasn't. I go, where did you come up with the idea? He goes, oh, <laughs> we were just jamming it. I go, no, no, no. What were you watching? Like you were watching a movie or something? He goes, oh, we were watching Yes Man. And I go, oh yeah, the part where Jim Carrey is singing "Jumper" to the guy that's gonna jump off the roof. <laughs> yeah, you definitely took "Jumper" from that song, dude. The chord progression, the the melodies, everything was "Jumper." And I'm like, oh, so I don't trust people anymore. Fuck it, man. I'm gonna start doing it. I'm gonna start doing it. We'll just start watching Jim Carrey movies. Fuck, man. Writing records is fucking hard. I think like if you and thanks for checking out spitting chiclets. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> if you if you say that you are gonna be like a heel band, like specifically like made of bad guys, yeah. like then you should be able to steal music from people as much as you want. Because like, yeah. would it not be funny if like the band that opened up Bar Down Breakdown Fest just played like one of each band's song? 
Like I would love. Yeah, that. and like totally yeah. stole your fire. Like, like, yeah, like all the, the hits. Like when we open up for a national, I always want to cover yeah. their biggest song. In my head, I'm like, how mad would like what would they actually do if we what just played do? like if we open up for Taking Back Sunday, we just played Make Damn Sure. Like, thank you guys for coming out. You might know this one, and we just <laughs> play into it. And they're like, no, like what the fuck? I can't do this. I like, know how funny. Secretly, that's literally like walking to the ring. To face Hulk Hogan and wearing yellow and red. That's like, yeah. bro, you're going to get fucking smashed. You're yeah. going to be livid. My, like, uh, no, no. My dream, though, is to, is to open for Newfound Glory and close our set with my friends over you. 100 <laughs> Do you know how, like, okay, one, one, it would be, it would be one of the greatest bits ever pulled. You get so much heat, dude. But two, oh my God, we would, we would never play a show ever again. No, nope. that no, nope. and people would ask us like, "Oh, what happened?" Or, or we we close our set with "My Friends Over You." Oh, why? Well, it was a newfound glory headliner. <laughs> and oh, Jordan got super God. mad, and he like told all the Florida promoters came out on that he'll stage kill him. We were really excited about him, and he punched Mike in the face. <laughs> Dude, are you kidding me? If Mike got punched in the face by Jordan, he'd get that black eye tattooed on him. He already has a tattoo by Jordan. No, but like, dude, if you got a black eye, like he would, you know, he'd be like, that'd be his only face tattoo. Yeah, but like, oh, I just knocked my headphones back. Well, guys, it's getting pretty late. <laughs> no, uh, thank you so much for for actually being with us and hanging with us. And uh, I have uh, one more quick question for you, just about uh, you know some of the new music you've been writing. So, um. Uh, you can kind of tell like from when I started this conversation, I just love hearing about like inspirations and beginnings and stuff like that. So um, for like the new music that you're writing, um, do you have like a vision for how you're going to present it? Are you going to present it as like a, like one collection of music or like singles or something like that? And, and um, where do you find yourselves taking inspiration from it now? Uh, the way you guys are writing now. Um, so Throughout our entire uh, career as a band, we've done nothing but really singles. We we did an EP that was supposed to release, and then COVID hit. Mm. We ended up doing it as nothing but just a, a of singles. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the industry is going really towards, like, single mentality stuff. But I also think that i'm that i'm that other, like that other side of of like the thought process that i'm like yeah well everyone's doing singles but like you know records are still like to me an important thing in music like i could like when when alexis on fire put out the otherness like i couldn't wait to go like listen to it and go buy the vinyl and like have it in my hands same with like thrice and stuff like that like I mean, I'm older though, so like for me, it's like still that thought of like when I was a kid, getting my allowance, going to the fucking record store, and figuring out like what I was gonna spend my fucking ten dollars on, like mm-hmm. which I was gonna get this week. And I think that music is turning, in my head at least, I think that it's turning to a place where records are gonna become important again for that reason because there's so much fucking music being pumped out into the world that you can only attached to something so much emotionally if you're yeah. getting rapid fucking speed yep. mm-hmm. but if you put out a record that has a sentimental value like we you know we went to a fucking 
the studio or a fucking cabin or whatever. We wrote a record in that moment, how we felt in that exact moment. Mm -hmm. And we put out two or three singles and we do it old school. And then we drop a fucking record and give something to people that means something that they can hang on to, that they can hold with their hands, put in their car, put on their fucking record player, like pedestal display thing or whatever. Like in my head, that makes fucking sense. So I want to write a record. Um, but I think it's really like right now, we're just like trying to figure out what is the best way to do it. But I mm-hmm. want to write a fucking record. Yeah. yeah. So that that's my thought process. I want to give something to people that, it gives them some type of like, I want people to feel involved, like emotionally attached to something. I guess you'd say like, I'm emotionally fucking attached to Alexis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, sure. And is like, it's a part of me. I mean, I have tattoos on my body that, mm-hmm. and like that band is a part. Of me. And I think that's the thing that like a lot of people don't, I can ramble about this forever. So sorry, but um, <laughs> it's great. I, I think a lot of people, in this day and age have really forgot what it's like to love a band and not just love like a release or a single and love like what's happening at that moment. Like I want a band that people remember what it's like to love a band to be like, no, that band's dropping a record. I can't fucking wait. I know the date it's in my phone on my calendar Mm -hmm. or wherever I can to get it. Cause like this band is a part of me. Like I want it to be more a part of them as much a part of them as it is like a part of us. If that sure. makes sense, you know? Yeah. No, that, that makes plenty of sense. And I think you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, you know, when you're talking about how, you know, a lot of listeners have moved away from listening to, you know, entire records and, you know, entire like cohesive pieces of music to a lot of singles and stuff like that. And it's kind of transforming the way people are listening to music again. It's almost like, um, you know, back in the, back in like the the fifties and sixties when, you know, everything that came out was, you know, you heard it on the radio and then you went out and bought the single and it maybe had a B side and, you know, maybe you listened to that B side a little bit, but you just wore that A side out. And, um, you know, I think that's the way it was then. And, you know, even, you know, when the Beatles were putting out full length records, I think that was still a little bit alien to people just because people were still expecting those singles and stuff. So now, you know, the world transitioned through the 60s and the 70s through, uh, you know, a lot of rock and roll artistry, you know, bands like, you know, Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and, you know, Genesis and all that kind of stuff where it was like art now. So everything was presented in an album, you know, Dark Side of the Moon and, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin 2 and Led Zeppelin 4 and all that kind of stuff that was presented as like one big piece of art. And then you moved into pop bands in the 90s and then things started getting segmented again where, you know, there was grunge that was still presented as art, but there was pop music that was all singles and, you know, bubblegum stuff. And then they put out that weird, like tiny little tiny cassette player, if you remember, that played like 30 seconds seconds of like a a really scratchy, terrible single. And but like you listen to it because it was the Spice Girls or some shit. Like music really is cyclical and it's funny I like that. But, but the, yeah, or the Fushu Mang, great record. Yeah. Love that shit. Um, if I could own every record, I would. Like yeah. Matt fucking Pinfield probably does. Like he probably owns every record. Yeah, 100%. Um, I like. I don't know. Like, I wish I had Matt Pinfield money so I could just have every <laughs> record. 
I don't know. I think it's just like, I, I think it's like if people talked about it more and like, I think just let people remember what that was. Like, I mean, like when, you know, like I always think about like another like huge band for me is like, say it was, mm-hmm. yeah. When they sure. self-titled, God, yeah. I had to buy fucking four of those fucking CDs because it <laughs> never left my fucking car and it just spun in that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Ruined that fucking CD four, oh, yeah. four fucking times. And I still mm-hmm. have all four of them. And I have all the DVDs and I have all the shit because when you discover, you know, music like that, like, like, for me, like that's the dream. Like you mm-hmm. won't to discover your yeah of course for themselves and yeah. and own it in their own way you sure. know what I mean like and I think that you know singles are cool and I love when bands drop singles and I think that's great too mm-hmm. but I think or I hope I guess you should you that I could say I guess I hope that like the world will turn back to a time where those things meant something to like hold in your hand yeah you know like I think that's so cool and you know when you think about alternative music like the other half of it is going to shows and how many kids are going out to see bands after a single or two like you're you're not going out and really getting involved in your local scene if a band's not putting out albums yeah yeah and and i i go through stages where i'm like oh you know it's smart this band is releasing just a bunch of singles and they're getting all these like spotify streams and then i'm like yeah but no one's going to their shows. Like what, what, what's the point then? If you're just like internet popular, like yeah. that, that's not what this music scene's about. The only thing the industry cares about is how many, how many butts can you put in seats? You can have yeah. 10 million album streams. That's amazing. Like the yeah. check from Spotify looks great, whatever. And then you go play a show in your hometown and there's nobody that shows up. And it's yep. like, I will take any day of the week having absolutely zero like recognition online or anything, but just get in a van, drive across the country, play a show, and there's people that give a shit yeah. watching you play yeah. music. Like that's, I'll, I will trade that out for any type of notoriety any day because yeah. it's just like when you when you want when when you start playing music, that's that's what you want to do is you want to get out and go play music. You don't really give a shit about your friends telling you you're cool. I mean, it feels, but like. That's not why you do what you do if you're yeah. doing it. And, and I feel like that's lost on a lot of people nowadays where right. it's just like they try, they fail, and then they do what they think is easiest to, to be popular. So that when they mm-hmm. were a buddy they went to high school with, he's like, hey, what are you doing nowadays? And I'm like, oh, I'm you know, this pop artist that mm-hmm. writes songs about who God knows who what, who cares. And, and they think it's cool because they showed it to their girlfriend and now they think it's fun. You know what I mean? And it's just like, yeah. It, not taking anything away from anyone that does that because there are a lot of incredible artists that do do that mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's just like I, I don't know it just seems like it's lost on on a lot of people to like like what you were saying earlier i remember growing up turning 16 going to shows i would go see a band i would buy their cd and listen yep. to it in my cd player because that's the only way i could listen to it yep. i could like download it to my ipod but i couldn't ride around with my ipod in and like listen to music i had to yeah. buy the cd and play it and I was like, you would listen to the whole album. Yeah. And that's completely, I mean, it's not that long ago. I mean, it's 10 years ago for me, basically. Fuck but like, that. it's it's almost lost. In 10 years, it's completely flip-flopped. Well, to be honest, like, my wife has a newer car. She doesn't even have a CD player. No, no yeah, absolutely. I don't have one of mine. Yeah. It's insane, it, like, 
I mean, I get it, but like at the same point, like, um, I, I don't, it's just weird. Like we, like recently, like five or six years ago, we went and bought fucking, um, stick to your guns. Stick to your guns. We went and bought a stick to your guns CD and rode around in his fucking blue car. And just wore that motherfucker out, dude. <laughs> Old yeah. fucking rock dudes. Right. So that, I had a cardboard box full of CDs. It was awesome. In the backseat of my car until probably four or five years ago. And it was like, yeah. I would get in the car and pull out like three or four that I wanted to listen to and put them in the passenger seat. And then like, mm-hmm. there was someone I'd like pull it out, put another one in. Or I'd like make mixed. Like, I still have CDs that I made when I was a kid that was like, yep. basically a Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Throw it uh, in. Yeah, man. When I first met Mike, uh, the singer of Out of Time, years ago, um, we were—I forgot where we were going. I think we were going to like one of the theme parks or something in Orlando. And uh, he opens the back seat of my car, and on the floor is a twenty-four uh, CD sleeve like case, like the booklet cases, but it was uh, disturbed. Yeah. So it was like all black, and it had like the like the face of the the smiley face like on the front and the back yeah mike saw that and he goes no and he starts laughing like crying laughing and i was like why what's wrong he goes that's the fucking coolest thing i've ever seen and i go <laughs> and i go oh open it really quick and then the first cd in there was break stuff by limbiscuit oh, yeah. lost yeah. his mind oh, they're so bad at it. <laughs> when we tour in this sitting in the driveway right now you know there's one of those black books it's got like a million CDs in it, and we have like every now that's what you call music in there. And it's just like, what year do you want to go back in time to? Let's just throw that in and listen to like everything that was cool in 2007. Listen, I, I, I got to tell you before we go, I'm going to have Mikey tell this story real briefly, <laughs> but Mikey and I have you beat. Uh, and it involves Kids uh, Bop. listening to an, an Under Oath CD uh. and some hijinks. Do you want to discuss those hijinks real quick? Well, that that was kind of the the CD that was just burning through my my car stereo when we were in high school. Like that that album came out when what two thousand four when yeah, yeah. That was yeah. Our, like two thousand four two thousand five was our senior year of high school, mm-hmm. and like that CD did not leave my my car stereo, yeah. and uh, we did this like Tom. No one even understands this, but like. Something that was like kind of important at our high school was like our school variety show, like a talent show. Yeah. And we had MCs and Tom and I were one of the MCs. And for some reason we did like SNL skits like that we <laughs> recorded and would like play in between acts that we introduced. And what was the show that was going on at that time? Like, it was like carpool karaoke, but like you know, like that. What's a British guy that does it now? Yeah, but it was like the version of that, bef- like fifteen years before he did it, and we like wanted to like make our own version of that, but like a scene kid version. Like, what would scene kids do if they were on carpool karaoke? Yeah. And like, what would they do listening to their only chase and safety? Like. That's hilarious. We're literally having like a mosh pit in my Jeep Wrangler and <laughs> it got out of hand. Like there, there was a windshield that was broken and <laughs> a guitar that we stole from the high school that was broken. It, it was, uh, it was an interesting video. We, I wish we could find it. Yeah, that, that reminds me. 
real quick, like me and my friends that I grew up playing in a band with, we do like this thing called like drive, drive, drive by hardcore dancing. Yeah, drive by breakdown. I saw it on like YouTube. We're like, let's do that. And we like pull up in the middle of the town, like in the dead in the center of the town where like the post office and the grocery store, all that shit is. There's like maybe a hundred people out there, old people doing what old people do, you know, trying to breathe. Sure. And we like pull up in this blue Ford Taurus and just put on like, like, uh, what was the name? As blood comes cleansing and like uh, loud as we can and get out of the car. And my buddy jumps out of the passenger seat and just like Sparta kicks his door. And just lose the biggest dent in the fucking passenger seat door I've ever seen. And we're like dancing and we all get in the car. We're like, oh my God, that was so much fun. And my buddy's just like, yo, what the fuck? Like freaking out. <laughs> like, so we did that. We so there's this there's this popular mall in Miami called Dolphin Mall, and there's like a like a, an area where you could literally like stage it. It was in front of an FYE and it was perfect. Yeah. We, we there's video, we uploaded it to YouTube. But we did it. It was Symphony in Peril's stiletto. It was that breakdown at the end of like that that song by Symphony in Peril. And in the video, like it's my car drives up and it's just the whole thing. Like we asked somebody, hey, you know, we're like a place where you can listen to like some like hard music and people are like it in was Miami. That, that was the reason we did what we did. If that's you, if that's you and your friends, <laughs> that is the only reason. I don't I don't it could have been us, but I, we got it from someone else. Like we got it from a different uh group of people. Cause they went all out. Like they had like a, like a U-Haul van that people came out of. Like, no, this like, was like good, they like, picked up like day workers <laughs> from home Depot. Like that's what it looked like coming out of their car. No, the, the, one, the video we saw was like a handful of friends, just like us. that did it in front oh, of Oh, it was probably us then. But in, <laughs> we did that. Was that. If it was a Ford Mustang, it was us. Um, so <laughs> the, one of my friends, you can see it in the video. He, he runs out and he, he goes to do a windmill and he slips and he's just, down on his back for the entire video, <laughs> and at, at he like we like we we get in the car and we drive off, and and he like gets up and he goes, "What happened?" And we were like, "What do you mean? We did like the whole windmill thing." He goes, "No, all I remember is I was doing something cool, like a spin kick or something, and, and then nothing for like." And I woke up. He cool. knocked himself out cold by slipping and hitting his head on the concrete. He could have died doing oh this hardcore drop. I'm going to look up the video on YouTube. And if it's the same video I remember. I'll if see. it's a silver Mustang, it was 100% me. Because people jumped so out of – it was a convertible. And two people jumped out of the car to start, like, doing stuff too. God, this sounds way too familiar. <laughs> way too familiar. We were like watching that at the same time we were watching like the BME Pain Olympics. So like it all blew. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the same year actually. And, <laughs> two girls, one cup, probably. Yeah. Weird, was, time, dude. Dude. That's a weird time. Weird time. That was 15. a weird fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. I saw so much shit on E Bombs World that I literally guess. like actual literal shit. Yeah, actually, you're yeah. like, hey, you want to see this dude get his head chopped off? Fucking like helicopter blade. <laughs> e Bombs World, dude. Dude. <laughs> Sorry. After such after such a glowing endorsement for E Bombs World, I can't imagine that we would have to conclude this episode. But we, we do. We actually do. Um so uh, Mike, Jesse, thank you so much for, for jumping on. Uh you know, thanks for talking to Bronze Age with us a little bit about you guys and your history and all that. Uh just real quick, uh let everybody know uh, where they can find you on your socials and all that good stuff. Uh, I think oh, it's just the all the things. Uh, Instagram, the Bronze Age. Yeah. Uh, Twitter, the Bronze Age NC. 
uh, Facebook, the Bronze Age, uh, Spotify, Bronze Age, Apple Music. We're on Amazon. All the all the music shit. Uh, we got our newest music video on our YouTube channel. Uh, what is our YouTube channel? The Bronze Age. I think it's the Bronze Agency. If you need further information about the band, just text me on social media. I'll give you Jesse's social security number, and you can get pretty much. Yeah. I love it. it and uh, It could be our video, actually. If it's, It has 52,000 views. I didn't even notice yeah, it. It was like actually really popular. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Uh, uh, I got my royalty check from YouTube. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Yeah, you'll get that in 2035. Don't worry about it. It'll come. Uh, but uh, awesome. Well, thanks again for being with us so much. And uh, again, the Bronze Age, uh, we, we'll be playing uh, Bar Down Breakfast 2. Well, maybe. Um, you got to just get your tickets and see if the Bronze Age shows up. <laughs> yeah. We tagged them, so we figured that was good enough. And, yeah, we figured booking agent tagging someone, it's about the same thing. You same know. thing. The obligation to show up, and if you guys get bumped from the show because we tagged like Hope's Fall nine hundred times, <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, I might do that. We keep tagging. I might do that, and if they show up and decide that they have to play the bending fifty times for me only, then that's okay. It's okay for me. I've had worse nights. Yeah, I've had way worse nights than that. But uh, awesome, good guys. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been such a blast to have you guys on. Uh, we wish you all the best and uh, fucking if we see some Canes action in the uh, in the cup finals, that would be something else. But I'm not gonna cats might be tough to get past, but we'll see what happens. But thank you guys so much. Oh, yeah, Absolutely, man. Appreciate Thank you. Peace. Hey. Later, guys. Yeah. Hell yeah.